Good evening, everybody. And welcome to another very special fall, coming fall episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. And boy, do we have some very special guests in studio tonight. We're always wanting to learn... But how often do we get to learn from the learned? Oh, my God. We have a very yeah. learned oh couple with us tonight in the <laughs> You've studio. You've never oh heard God. that you before. Had, you had a right. stretch for that. <laughs> you? You really I didn't. Did. It came naturally. It was the inspiration from sitting in the captain's seat of Deacon Mike Learned and his beautiful wife, Chris. It is truly a blessing to be with you all folks tonight. And uh, particularly in the house, I'm going to say certainly that the Holy Spirit built. But a message for all of us is that the Holy Spirit works through each of us with our gifts and talents, and we're so blessed to be in this studio with those who were primarily instrumental for its coming about, the founding of this Annunciation Radio, such a great occasion to proclaim God's glory. And I've been going now for nine years. It was first on air, 10 years, well, 19. We're in the 10th year. We're just past nine. Okay. So August Um, of 2010 is when they first were on air. Mm -hmm. So anyways, we're just so blessed to have you both with us. And those of you who have been listening to us, we really enjoy bringing in a couple who can give witness to the trials and tribulations and delights and joys of married life, because it is a struggle. And if you you have the audacity to live your marriage, your Catholic marriage, you're going to come under attack. Why? Because husband and wife are iconic of the Trinity and family. And uh, the enemy is going to go after that. So we just really hope that tonight, folks, that um, maybe open your hearts and minds. All of us experience our own mess, as we say. But if we don't know our mess, we won't know our Messiah. And I have to say that uh, Steph and I have lived here now six or seven years. I forget myself. But um, <laughs> we, have been, uh, we have been blessed to know Deacon Mike and Chris from the very beginning of our move here mm-hmm. and blessed by their witness uh, and the making the occasion of this community come together through this wonderful network um, as an occasion for us to watch Journey Together. So we have the Holy Communion that we receive on Sundays, most of us hopefully regularly throughout the week if we can. But this is about living out that Eucharistic grace, not just Holy Communion we receive, but Holy Community. So I'm going to invite us all wherever we're at tonight to just begin right now in a place of prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Dear Lord Jesus, you see us where we're at right now. You know us. You recognize the challenges each of us face. But Lord, you know everything going on and we entrust it to you in this very moment knowing that it is a custom retreat you've designed to draw us into deeper intimacy with you. Lord, we just proclaim that again. Whatever we're experiencing is a custom design retreat meant to draw us deeper into your heart, deeper into the Paschal mystery, Lord, not just as spectators, as some story that some have reduced to myth, or that beautiful reality we experience at the Eucharist, but our lives are a participation in your very life, death, resurrection, and Pentecost. Awaken us to the great beauty of this journey that you call us to by virtue of being Imago Dei, made in your image, and called to live it out, not just to be filled, but to overflow. So we open our hearts to receive your healing, transforming grace right now for your glory through Christ our Lord. We pray, amen. In the name of the Father, in the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Those of you who have listened before and to our new listeners, we love to proclaim the scripture passage, Revelation twelve eleven. All it takes is a quick second of the news or just to look around and see 
um, the sadness of the culture that we live in and how the enemy is freely at reign. We know that the Lord has already claimed victory, and that is where we fight from. Um, But the scripture says they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, as Catholics, as Greg was speaking of, the Holy Mass. How blessed are we? They defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And so often we think we have to be on a stage or have this huge conversion story to proclaim that testimony when we know the power and grace of the testimony of the cross that each of us are baptized into. But in the ordinary is where that extraordinary is because that's where it counts Mm -hmm. and that the Lord is writing that grace pouring through us through just the testimony of our ordinary lives and certainly there are extraordinary moments in there but that grace is always extraordinary so we are blessed tonight to have as we said earlier Deacon Mike and Chris Learned thank you for being with us thanks for asking and we are so delighted to hear how you have and continue to defeat that enemy by the words of your testimony that we have been blessed to witness in our few short years here. So, Well, I have welcome. to tell you, Steph, uh, some of the things you say just bring out so many memories mm-hmm. from me that it is just marvelous. And, you know, we, we can't come, we can't get any closer to Christ until he calls us. You know what I mean? Yes. He calls us. And no matter where my faith was beforehand, um, I had this this kind of an, an epiphany, if you will, at morning mass one day. I was asking myself, why does the Lord come to mm-hmm. us this way? Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't I was doubting, but I was just asking myself. But then I started going through the mass in my mind just mm-hmm. before I walked into the chapel. I said, you know, at one point we always say the priest asks us to lift up our hearts. Mm-hmm. And we always respond, we lift them up to the Lord. Do we really lift right, them up to the right. Lord? And then when when he is preparing the altar, he's thanking God for these gifts, mm-hmm. you know, in the offertory. And when it comes to the, the consecration, all of a sudden my heart was just glowing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. The, God was with us, right. and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hardly move. I didn't want to leave. Right, that's awesome. I didn't want to leave the, cha- the chapel. Perfect but, for retirement. Keep going. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I got to tell you, when I said I want to stay here, I felt like Peter on, on Mount Tabor. Tabor, yes. You know, we have to take what we received and mm-hmm. take him out into the world. Amen. You know, we a receive Christ, not need. not just because he's a nice guy, not because he's mm. just so generous for us, but he wants us to do something with what he gives mm. us. Mm. Amen. And that's to take him Amen. into the world. Thank so that's where we're going, folks. Just I praise God for you punctuating that, your heart just proclaiming so this truth of the Eucharist and God's presence. We're going to back up. To the very beginning, because it's a very good place machine. to start. Exactly, <laughs> to go back. So you can see the journey that brought us to the point where you had this marvelous proclamation just now from Deacon Mike. So, Chris, ladies first, share with us, where did Chris Zimmerman come from? Tell us. Well, uh, <laughs> I came from uh, an interesting family that was not typical of a lot of people that um, listen to our station. I have, um, my dad was a... Pretty much, I would call him agnostic. Mm. My mom was a Catholic, but because she had married outside of the faith, she was not able to receive the sacraments. Mm. But she was very faithful. She kept every holy day. She attended Mass regularly. She taught us how to pray the rosary when we were very small, until my dad found out and stopped that. Mm. 
she um, taught us prayers. And um, so we had, I had um, kind of an interesting mixed mixture because my dad insisted that my sister and I go to a local Lutheran church. And um, we had been baptized, and so he wanted us to receive First Communion and Confirmation. But that In a would, Lutheran tradition. But that was drop you off at the door and we'll pick you up gotcha. when you're done every Sunday. On your own. On our own, mm-hmm. yep. And um, and that, of course, just drove my mother crazy. Mm. Um, Can I pause you a second? Sure. Was that out of a spite, knowing that your mom is Catholic? Like, why the Lutheran tradition? Well, that's interesting. He, uh, uh, His family did have some tradition in Lutheran and the Methodist tradition uh actually i had an uncle that was a seminarian for the methodist faith and then dropped dropped Mm. out but he and his dad and his brother were all masons and um anti-pope right right you know about the only time i would hear them argue late at night would be it would be nasty things about the pope and my mother would be in tears Mm -hmm. you know so he wanted us to have some kind of a faith upbringing and had known somebody else that had gone to this particular church and said, oh, take them there. They're, this is a good one. Okay. So uh, so we saw faith as something important he for did his see daughters. S- interestingly yes. enough, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. That was kind of there. surprising to me looking back on it. Mm-hmm. But How did he pay the bills, just as a little guy? He was question. a pharmacist. Okay. Professional man, owned his own business. Mm. I love him dearly. Great mm-hmm. man. Right. You right. know. Uh, my, and you grew up here in Toledo. Grew up here in Toledo. My parents had a, I would consider it a, a good union, a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't argue a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, dispel that. But um, went to Beverly Elementary School right down the street here and um, went to Bowser High School where mm-hmm. I met Mike. Oh, okay. Pause. Yeah. So yes. before we go there, though, so that was high school. What do you recall yourself in your own spirit, Chris, in resonating with God? How were you experiencing in your relationship that? That's interesting because I was always, I always felt something was lacking in my spiritual growth. I could see that Mm -hmm. when I was young. I knew that I should be doing more. I should Mm -hmm. be receiving more. I should be feeling more. But I was kind of on the outskirts looking in. Mm -hmm. That's how I saw myself. For a long, okay. long time. Mm-hmm. For a long time. They were dealing with a lot of tumult. 60s, you said, was pretty much high school, mm-hmm. grade school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of questioning of authority. This is after a lot of the isms, Nazism, fascism, mm-hmm. communism. Uh, obviously upheaval on the onset of uh, Second Vatican Council and confusion. But this emergence of, you know, I am what I feel and do what feels good. Oh, gosh. And we, hear, we heard so much of that. Okay. Oh. And your family, you felt your parents imparted not only faith to some extent, but a, a solid moral compass? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially my mom. You know, it was hard for my mother's family to kind of reconcile with all that. So there were there was a little iciness mm-hmm. there sometimes. Sure. Um, but they were very faith-filled. Um, and my dad's side of the family, obviously not. And okay. so it was just a strange push mm-hmm. and pull thing. Sure. Okay. So I met Mike. And he had a very, very solid Catholic upbringing. He had 
great uncles or uncles who were diocesan priests and one of their sisters great uncles okay was a, a sister of mercy um his dad was a convert as a teenager from christian scientism wow so this is a punctuation right now of when you're married long enough, you complete each other's sentences. Because <laughs> usually you'd ask Mike to tell the story, no, no. but you guys could tell we each other's stories, at each other. which is great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, when I met the fam, his family, you know, um, and, and just from hearing him talk and, and what was going on in his life, um, it was very obvious that he had a love for his faith. Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't call him a really holy roller kind of a guy when we were teenagers. No, no. no. Uh, we might need to color that in a little more. Can I pause you a second? So, just a portrait, if you don't mind, Mike. So, we're into your story a little bit. Um, how many siblings did you have? I have three siblings. Okay, where are you in the lineup? I'm in the baby. I'm the baby. Okay. Two Cute girls baby and two boys, Deacon. and I was the baby. All right. Do you mind if I have him kind of go back and you share sure. with us a little bit? Tell us about your upbringing, Mike. Where you're born and that sort of thing. Faith. I remember the day I was born. <laughs> yeah, I bet you uh, do. There's <laughs> a song that was big light. <laughs> yes. No. Um, I was born in what was then uh, Adams Township, which is now mm. Toledo. Okay. Okay. And we lived on Heather Downs. And uh, as Chris was saying, my mom and dad, dad, dad was very supportive, but he wasn't like my mom. Mm. My mom was very. Uh, I, I have one one story that I love to tell. Please. When I was. Uh, I think it was in second grade, first or second grade. Mom would say, "When you go to when you go to school, um, and if the teacher tells you anything different than what I'm telling you about the faith, I want you to tell me." Mm. And so, by golly, that happened. And uh, I got home and I said, "Mom, you know, they said this teacher said this and this. I don't remember what it was." Mm-hmm. You know? And she says, "Oh, honey, you probably just misinter- misinterpreted. Go back and ask her what she meant." So I went back and asked her what she meant, and she meant exactly what she said. Came back and told Mom. I said, Mom, that's what she said. And you know what my mom said to me? Get in the car. (laughs) (laughs) We got in the car. We went straight to school. God bless your mom. And I remember my mom, uh, the principal of the school was Sister Mary Gregory. Mm. And Sister Mary Gregory at her best was probably about 5'7", or something like that. But she was ancient to me. She was tall. She was a giant to me. (laughs) I see my mom backing her up against his mom is four foot eleven. (laughs) That's an image. Her finger in her her face saying, don't you teach my kids these things. (laughs) And as I say when I I say tell this story, I learned two things from that. First of all, your faith is worth fighting for. Mm. And second of all, don't tell your mom everything. <laughs> What's your mom's I, I felt like crawling under the car. <laughs> but the yeah. thing is, that stayed with me. Right. That stayed with me. And so I would never, ever, ever consider ever leaving the Catholic faith mm. in my life. Even though when I was a teenager, I wasn't as good a Catholic as I should have sure. been. I never would have left. Mm. And And when Chris and I met... Guess who fell in love with me right away? Mm. Her mom. My mom. <laughs> and guess who didn't like me at all? My dad. <laughs> so hold off on that story a second. So, Mike, you grew up in a family where, where the culture of the faith was woven into it. Um, how did you personally interact with that on that sense of, I know, relationship? We talked about this earlier off air, that uh, this understanding relationship with Jesus back in those days was the Baptist thing or down the road, whoever those evangelicals are. We know it's been woven into our Catholic history, but it's been a recovery. But how would you describe your own personal experience with God in those early days? Well, when I was in grade school, we had 
what we what we always called religion books. Mm-hmm. And a little later in grade school, and I don't know how far along, I started thinking, what's the difference between religion and faith? Mm-hmm. And I came to the conclusion, religion is the rules and the way we, we practice our faith. And if your faith is strong, you want to do those religious things. You know what I mean? Right, right. That can, for a young person, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But we have when we grow older, you know, it's got to be more than that. Right. It's got to be more than that. But that's that was something that was a, it was a gift from God that I I was that of that kind of mind mm-hmm. you know what I mean it wasn't my mom telling me this but one of the earliest photographs we have of all four kids all four of us are in our in our pajamas kneeling down in front of the crucifix mm-hmm. which is right over the TV set I think and probably needed to be <laughs> we're, we're praying our prayers before we went to bed that's mm. beautiful we pray in our prayers I remember we prayed the Our Father. Hail Mary and glory be before we went to bed. And to this day, to this day, I still think of it. Mom introduced the Memorari to us. Mm. And I think of that as the new prayer she she made us learn. <laughs> 65 oh. years ago, and it's still the new I'll prayer. Tell you, that's beautiful. <laughs> but, but that's great. That, that's the kind of faith that I had as, as a youth. Mm. You know, that's the kind of faith I had. You, you go for you go for the things that you can touch first, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. and then your heart will follow. Mm-hmm. You know, your Beautiful. heart will follow, and that happened. And through high school, and especially in the '60s, you can imagine. You know, I don't think the Second Vatican Council was the fault of the late '60s. Mm-hmm. You know, it just happened to happen during then. the time, right? And the late '60s, when everybody was re- was rebelling against any kind of tradition, any kind of morality, and so mm-hmm. on. An authority. It was just a quagmire. Mm-hmm. It was a quagmire. I always think of some of the people who want to have uh, uh, legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. These are the hippies from the 60s right. finally getting their way. You know? uh, but that, that's another second question. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, Chris and I started dating. And her dad kept telling me no. I got to back you up a second. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting. I want to hear a little bit. You met. What do you recall of your early connection? Now you know we merge? disagree on how all this. Happened. <laughs> well, I, you know, hey, you guys are good at you sparks. Guys each have a we turn. Wanna, we want to up the ratings here. I want. I want to get the sparks flying. I'm kidding. <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit as you recall we one another and 15. how they merge. We okay. were 15 and uh, in the same English class. Mm-hmm. And he'll agree with me on this. There's no question. <laughs> yeah. We sat across the room from each other. The seats were in a semicircle. And um, had here's a great, where we start to debate. Had, we, had, <laughs> we had a very a great teacher, young teacher, and um, we were reading through um, some plays in English class. And um, one of them, and she would assign people to read certain roles. And one of them was the King and I. Yes. Well, my parents, oh, my parents had yeah, they had gone to New York and seen a couple of plays on Broadway, and from that time forward. They joined the record club, and every month they would get the score from one of the musicals. Of course, we listened to the whole score from The King and I. So we're reading through, and the lyrics are in the song, and by golly, I just broke into song. She was the only one that did that, sang (laughs) in English class. So much admiration. I love that. It wasn't, you know, I was thinking about... So he was thinking, go ahead, you tell him. I was thinking about, you know, asking her out. You know, I hadn't asked anybody out, but I was thinking about asking her Prior to the King and I singing. Mm -hmm. Yes, then she sang, and I said, I don't know if I could deal with that. (laughs) 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 I just don't know. (laughs) If she's going to break out in the song everywhere she goes, I Right. And I do. <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh gosh, I that love funny. it. So, um, 
let's skip past some of the things we disagree on. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, we were we were both in the hall one day. This was the following year during the class. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had to go down to the uh, take census the down attendance to office. attendance down to the office, and I don't know why you were in the hall, but I don't know. We weren't in the same class at that okay. point, and she asked me to go out on a date. It was, oh. a, it was a turnabout dance. Wow, okay. With the so girls, that's legit. Girls for back then. Yeah. Clarification. Yeah. yeah. And, and I totally took you off you did took yard. Did you, off did you sing him your invite? I, I could No, have. that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. What was the look on his face, Chris? Was shock. Shock? Okay. Absolutely yeah. shock. I mean, I just, you know, I we hardly talked, you know, in, in the year before. Mm. We didn't see each other. Um I remember leaving the room. I, I had pulled a muscle in my leg, and I had to walk on a cane in, in high school. Wow. I had to, to, to get for around. While, for a while. And I, I was leaving class early because it, it took me a long time for, sure. from one class to another. He's evoking pity. That's right. Sympathy. Was pain. Chris, Chris, was, Chris was sitting by the door, and I'd say, bye. You know. That was it. That was it. That was it. And she was so impressed with it's my saying goodbye. She said bye. She said bye. way. Women have that perception. So had the you word. thought about it prior to? Oh, a lot. She must okay. have. Of course. Okay. What struck yeah. you? Like your call when you started having feelings? He was just so friendly. Little Mike. Yeah, friendly, I was just friendly. So, okay. Just you an know? outgoing guy. Nice guy. I was so, sh- I was so shy <laughs> in Actually, high school. Actually, he was very shy in high school. He had more hair back then, too, yes, I bet. He did. Was down to his uh, you know, waist or anything? Oh, well, you know, we weren't allowed maybe. to have ponytails. No. Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> so we went to the dance. We went to the... Uh, the uh, Bonfire before Bonfire the before yeah. the dance, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the theme of the dance? Just out of curiosity, the song. Usually, they'd pick a song from the era, right, to define it. Oh goodness! I don't this put you was on the spot. more. It, this was really actually more of a hayride. Okay. Than yeah. it was Neat. a dance. Yeah. Why don't they was, do that today? How I, awesome! Yeah, it was fun, and so um, we dated that year, and. Um, I have to back. I have to yeah. pause you. Going a little bit too quick for my feminine sensibilities, <laughs> my feminine genius. So there's sparks on this date, somewhat. You guys both really enjoyed. Did you have? Do you recall? Or just I don't know. Having conversation that took it more than high. Sure. Just. Well, we got. We were getting kind of to know high each other. The really. I mean, because yeah. we really didn't you. know each other, and <laughs> we went. We. We went to the uh, the bonfire separately, but we came home together. Okay, that okay. was a good sign. That's a good sign. All right, yeah. and the mom, where did the mom affection well, come mom, in? Mom loved me. Oh, gosh, yeah. Mom, mom. Well, I want to hear, when did you meet she mom? She was a good Catholic boy. Yeah. Okay, was yeah. this like, did they meet you before the date? Like, did they vet no. him? No, no. Not they didn't vet him. No. Wow. No, okay. they hadn't no. met me then. But, you know, after a, a year or so, then then the fangs started to come out. Yeah. Um, Dad <laughs> she thought was like, she, no. Dad thought she'd outgrow me, you know. Slow, slow this whole thing down. You know, you're just, no, no, no. Mm-mm. And his mom was pretty much in the same mom, boat. Mom, okay. You know, mom was so Catholic. And, you know, back then... When you were really Catholic, you did not marry. You didn't. You even date somebody who wasn't Catholic. Right. Okay. And yeah. she was one of those evil yeah, people. I was. Yeah. So I, I always called her heathen. heathen. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I saved her from her pagan <laughs> ways. <laughs> so, actually, under pressure, he he told me in, at school one day that he couldn't see me anymore. Mm. Yeah, that lasted that for was, like two, eight, two yeah, days. Well, that was rough, but yeah, that was hard. Yeah. Um. So we made it through high school. It was kind of rough, though, because we kind of had to be friends, separate, yeah. and yet, you know, right. clandestine. clandestine, Romeo and Juliet, kind of. yeah. Mom didn't care. Dad was all over that. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
my dad encouraged me that I should go to college and join a sorority and get involved with as many things as I could. So I in would, the 60s, he obviously I didn't would, know much about well, sororities. We graduated in 1970. 70. Okay, well, I would be occupied bad. with college and I would broaden my horizons. Where'd you go to school, Chris? Bowling Green. Okay. Mike was enrolled at UT, so we both right. busily started college and I was horribly homesick. Any correspondence oh. between the two of you during oh, the college? Oh, constant. Yeah. Okay, so but dating we were, we were ish was going on. Close. He was living at home and uh, going to the University of Toledo. Yeah, but I you, was there. Gotta, don't overstate that. I mean, <laughs> I, I did that to get a deferment from the, <laughs> for the draft. I mean. Okay, so anyway, I was horribly homesick. Yes, you were very homesick. Missed him a lot. Oh boy, did I miss him! Aww. And it was it was kind of tumultuous. You know, here we are on the college campus, and they were overcrowded. Mm. And I was in a room that was built for four girls, and there were six of us in the room. Wow. So we were sharing closets, desks, you name it, everything, and it felt squashed yeah. so i think it was like the fourth week of school on a on a friday night he he picked me up to go out on a date and mm-hmm. we went to shakey's pizza in toledo there was a shakey's pizza yes, in toledo. There, was. yes there was You're it's not there and, anymore and i was was that a chain yes. by the way i just yes. have to say because yeah, i was, was our our haunt in oshkosh wisconsin was a shakey's, shakey's. so did they have mojos by chance? Something called mojos. Oh, I don't mm. All right, continue the story. Sorry, <laughs> you're, just, you're just sidetracking. Fond recognition, though. I didn't think there were the shakies anywhere. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Shakies. So we're there, and we're, we order food and sat down, and and um, I'm pouring out my heart and soul to him. She's crying like crazy. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Would you like to marry me?" Aww. No, I said, <laughs> would, "Would you like white gold or green?" Or he had already been yellow ring gold. shopping. Wow. Yes, he did. Do you like white gold or yellow gold? And I said, huh? And I think I said yellow gold. He said, well, it's too bad because the ring I bought you is white gold. <laughs> so he's not even asking. It's like the question's already been presumed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's we, knew, awesome. we knew it was going to happen, but sure. you know, right out of high school. So what a consolation. How about that, Chris? Well, all of a sudden, <laughs> right? the evening turned around real quick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From crying to hugging you and kissing yeah. you. And all yeah. That. So, yeah. Can I pause you a second on that? So Catholicism was presumed by Mike's parents not to be necessarily an important part for you. When did it emerge for you, Chris, as a choice or a About thing? ten minutes later, <laughs> we we oh, uh, we didn't know what to do. We were so excited, so mm. so we left Shakey's and went to Pizza Hut. Because <laughs> why not? Because right? <laughs> we wanted to sit down and talk, and so uh, Pizza Hut was right over there, and we went and um, we started thinking about making plans. And I looked mm-hmm. at him. Now, mind you, we're eighteen, and um, I said, you know. Maybe I should become Catholic. And he looked straight at me and said, that's not for, for you can't decide that right now. You have to want to do that. That's not something wow. you do to flip a switch mm. to make somebody happy. You have to do that on your own for yourself. Mm. What love, Deacon Mike. I can hear your voice yes. in her uh, narration of you. That's I, I was, beautiful. I was kind of taken aback by that answer. But she still married me. I, yeah. I, I did. No, I thought there was great wisdom in that, yes. that answer. And um, so he, he ended up switching his career path and going away to school in a suburb of Akron. If I can pause you a second, mm-hmm. Mike, what was your major and what did you switch to? And Chris, what were you studying at Bowling Green? I was, um, 
my degree, I have a bachelor's degree in visual art education. Okay. So I went through Bowling Green with that major and a little over three years. Wow. Because my goal was to get out and marry this guy. Yeah. Pedal to the metal. Let's mm-hmm. do it. It, it was. Yeah. It was. You toward graduated the end. a quarter early or a semester early? Two quarters early. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And you, Mike? Deacon? I, I was I was in <laughs> I enrolled in UT as system analysis type thing, but like I say, I, I learned nothing from that. I mean, I just wasn't there. Um, and I was at a friend's house, and my friend's mother was sitting there, standing there, and she liked me a lot too. I was always lovable. <laughs> yeah, right. How can uh, I not? Lovable. Deep. How can you not? Right. right. Um, and she said, "Mike, what are you going to do now that you're out of school?" I said, "I don't know." <laughs> you know, good <laughs> answer. Because I was working in a gas station, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, "Well, one of her boys was going to a a, a a small school called United Electronics Institute." She says, "You might want to try that. I think you'd be good at that." You know what I said? Sure. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'll what do an that. obedient little guy. So um, I went out and talked to my parents, and they were all for it. I talked to my best friend; he decided to go. And I found out that I had a great, great um, gift in understanding what they were talking about. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And, and back then, we were talking all tube technology, you know, and stuff like that. And at the end of each chapter, they'd talk about transistors, mm. you know. That's funny. <laughs> it was really funny. Right. Back then. Um, so I got out of school. It was a two-year school. And I got out of school because I started late because I went to UT mm-hmm. and then stopped. Chris... We we I graduated graduated left school like in August of the year before you got out of yes. school. Yes, yeah. Um, and you got out in December, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did that, and I went to work at uh, OI. OI had a bottle cap company, <laughs> and they were a bottle cap division, and they were making bottle caps about that big around mm. for what they thought were going to be the new bottle Wide cap. Two inches, like two on two mm. inch diameters, which you held yeah. up. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we had we had punch presses, we had uh, form Mold. units, mm-hmm. molding units, and so on, so on. And they put me on a punch press, and I was on there for one night. <laughs> And I, it got jammed, so I'm hitting the pause button, trying to pull it out, pulling out. And I had my hand on on oh. on the rail, and pull it out, pull it out. And I, you know, it wasn't anywhere near what was going on out here, so mm-hmm. I was safe. What I didn't realize is there was a punch block, right stop, mm. right. My thumb was hanging over the punch block, and as I came down, it just pinched the end of my thumb off. Oh, uh, wow. That's when I left OI. <laughs> mm. uh, it was one a night short wonder, career. one hit wonder. You were a one night wonder. Well, he had been working there for a couple months, but yeah. that that particular night was the first time wow. they had him on yeah. a punch press. Yeah, I was working on the molding yeah. machines. Uh, anyway, um, which I have to say that was of God, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I went to work at a uh, at a TV shop, and the TV shop was not a normal TV shop. The TV shop I worked at worked on anything that came in the door. Anything mm. that was electronic. I started a, a car audio, then I went into um, home audio, then I went into black and white TV, then color TV, then I went into microwave ovens, then I went into... You had the whole smorgasbord. Bank signs, there time used to and be, temperature they, signs. They used to have time oh, yeah, and temperature yes, signs on all the banks. a bunch of banks. Yes. And I managed all those. That's awesome. I, I, I did all of that, and... I just found that I had gifts for all that stuff, you know. Good analytical mind, and you could kind of, did you have manuals that aided you? How did you, how were you habituated or formed Most, for 
We haven't gotten well, too I had good mentors, okay. you know, good mm-hmm. mentors. And um, I learned more quickly from somebody telling me how to get around a problem mm-hmm. than, than to, from reading mm-hmm. a book. That mm-hmm. was just my, you know, one of my failings in life. Uh, so um, so I, I worked for them until um, 1978. I don't know if you remember the, the blizzard of 78. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a Thursday. And I was supposed to go. I, well, first of all, I went to a to a fellow's house to work on his TV set, and his TV set really didn't have anything wrong with it. So I I did what I needed to do and told him there wasn't anything wrong with it. It's going to be fine. And he says, "By the way," he said, because he was talking to me the whole time. He says, "Do you ever think about changing jobs?" He, no, no. He started out about what kind of money do you make there? Uh, <laughs> I, I looked at him and I said, "American. Why do you want to know?" <laughs> Green. Uh, but he he was a service manager for a place that repaired medical equipment, hmm. and after after he he called he called in another service call and he asked for me to come, so I said yeah okay I I'll come in and talk to you you know because I I thought I was gone as far as I could with the TV and we were married then, mm-hmm. um, so I went in and talked to him and um, I would the, the week before and I said I'll give you an answer on Thursday. That's when the blizzard, blizzard was there. Uh. <laughs> I was thinking, oh my God, they're not going to be there. And they're going to think I don't care. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, but I went to work for them, and thank God, you know, um, he guided me through that because it was a whole different realm of electronics. Sure. Even though I knew how to repair down to a component level, nobody else in the place did. Okay. So I had that up, and they always thought I was so smart, and I just kind of laughed. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm smart. You're it. just so stupid. You know? <laughs> uh, but I worked for them from 78 until uh, two, uh, 1985. Okay. And I was up to what they called the national service manager then, which sounds that impressive. was the title they it gave Sounds you. impressive. But mm-hmm. we didn't have Did anything out of the Toledo area. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have anything. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with anybody National, else across yeah. the country, yeah. just the technicians under me. And uh, they would, the, the owners would just leave. You know, they, they bought a big boat off the first year. We were a nonprofit the first couple of years, and then we went for profit. And then we, we made a profit the first year, and it was $40,000 of profit, and he went out and bought a $45,000 boat. Wow. And he went out to pick it up, and he picked it up in Florida and took him three weeks to bring it up here. Um, and then he would leave again and leave again. And after he left the last time, and I'm the one that had to feel every, all the calls mm-hmm. that came yeah. in and everything, um, we had a call from the bank that says, your, your loan payment is due. Mm. I says, I don't know what to do about that. I don't have any any authority to do that. She says, well, we'll have to call the loan. I says, okay. So when they got back, uh, they were co- supposed to come back one week, and they, they came back the end of the following week. I walked into his office. I says, I'm not going to tell you his name because people may know him. I says, Mr. Boss, I said, I have three kids, three small kids, and and I just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't field what you should be taking care of. Um, I'm going to quit. And as I got up and walked out of this, he had a big, big office. As I walked out of the office, I said, the only way I'd stay is if you'd sell it to me. Mm. He said, w- w- wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> mm. Time out. So that was the most agonizing three months I ever had. Mm. I, I never knew what, who Cindy Lauper was, but I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and turn oh. it on MTV, and there she was. And, and, uh, she's an ugly person. You know? <laughs> uh, 
anyway, this um, is prior to deaconhood. I so, guess. Yeah, there's a little bit yeah. of conversion going on here. So, with, uh, uh, Mike. Uh, we owned that company for 21 years. Chris and I, first we ran it on uh, Southwick Boulevard. Um, then we moved. Uh, then we moved everything. No, we, we had it on Holland Road first. Holland Road. The first, the first week we had it, Good Friday. Good Friday. Good Friday we had it. There was it, straight line winds or a tornado, tornado came along and tore the roof this, wow. this, the roof of the building off. Yeah. Wow. It didn't, so, t- didn't tear it all off, but it right. tore all the roofing off. It's it Good Friday and all that isn't uh, punctual enough, right? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, so we had a $9,000 insurance claim on our brand new insurance policy. Yeah, <laughs> we were so glad we got insurance. Uh, so, and um, we had it for, for 21 years. We had a wonderful staff. We were growing slowly, but positively every year, every year. And then our largest co- customer, we, we worked in hospitals and doctor's offices, dentist's offices, veterinarian's offices, and we even got into tab, uh, tattoo Anyway, our largest customer said they wanted to have somebody else do their business, mm-hmm. do the work we were doing there. Mm-hmm. And just to make things, make sure that it was a, a, a smooth transition, they're going to hire all our employees. Away. Yeah, here's the door, Mike. And there's no DNC, no so, not compete agreements. They, oh, yes, there was. Oh, there were. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, oh. it was, it was very it's difficult ugly. because, well... It was difficult. Well, any any way you look at it, because one of the employees was our oldest son, Mm. which was a very big conflict for him as well. Oh, and that the the employees said, "Well, we won't do it. We'll we'll just we'll tell them we won't work." They were all going to walk. They were all going to walk. I said, "No, you got to hang. You do what's best for you. Don't don't Mm -hmm. do that for me." Mm -hmm. But you know, for the first day or so, I was. Oh, I was so angst. Mm-hmm. It was so hurtful mm-hmm. and everything. But it came to me, and because I, I was a prayerful man even then, um, I thought, this is of God. Mm-hmm. This happened so wrong that it has to be of mm-hmm. God. Because we had had such a great relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to pause you a second, because for us, we're used to what you just said, maybe. But those listening... Maybe causing them uh, to think, uh, take a double take. You know, it was so wrong, you knew it was of God. Which is to say what? Not that God does things that are wrong, Mm -hmm. but that to some extent he allows us to experience things that he knows he'll sustain us in them. I mean, color that in a little bit for anybody who's listening and experiencing wrong. How do you see God in that? Well, I have to to just talk from my own perspective. Please. I felt that God wanted me out of that. To go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Wanted me out of that. And what direction, I had no idea. Um, I just thought that, you know, it, it's kind of like the, the blizzard, you know. The mm. blizzard, I was so worried that they were going to take me seriously and everything like that. Uh, this was much worse, you know, as far as a, a roadblock and everything. But I just, I prayed. I I prayed intensely. Now, remember... My faith has grown since then, okay? My faith has grown since then. But back then, I prayed all the hours of the of the the breviary. Hmm. I prayed every decade of the rosary every day, went to communion every day, and I came down to one simple prayer. Hmm. Lord, grant me the desire to seek your will. Hmm. Lord, grant me the wisdom when I know when I found it. But most of all, Lord, 
grant me the courage, courage. to follow it wherever it leads. Mm, yeah. I love that. And I would pray that constantly. Mm. And then praying that for two, three, four months every day, praying intensely like that, knowing that I had to find what he wanted for me, it came down to Catholic Radio. Mm. Catholic Radio came into my heart, and I started looking around and I, you know, searching my background. Being electronics, we had radio electronics. I said, that'll come back to me. I know it will. <laughs> Never did. Remember those transistor things in the back yeah, of that book? Yeah. <laughs> um, I ran a small business for 21 years. I knew how to work with people and everything like that. Um, and I was, and I had the faith to do it. You know what I mean? And we had free programming from EWTN. I have the ingredients to make this happen. A wonderful know? wife next to you. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, Started with the Catholic Radio, and I told Chris right away. And uh, you all know Bur- Murr Bookmiller, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First person I called outside of Chris and I, I called Murr. And I said, Murr, I think I know what God wants from me. She said, what's that? And I said, I think he wants me to bring Catholic Radio to the Diocese of Toledo. And she screamed. <laughs> it's like I tell her, I, I don't know if she saw a rat or dropped a toaster <laughs> on her toe or what. She just almost said, Michael, that sounds wonderful. I said, that's all I needed. Mm, that's, that's all awesome. I needed. So that was my confirmation that that's where I mm. needed to go. And once What year that was that was, roughly? Roughly what time? 2006. Okay. Middle of 2006. End of, end of summer, really. So once, once Chris and I were both on, on board with all of this, mm. okay, Chris, God bless her, you know, <laughs> when I say this is what God's calling me, she said, okay, let's do it. Aww. Let's do it. Um, we started going to different Catholic radio uh, we were at EWTN twice that year, mm-hmm. a, oh, month, yeah. a month apart, yeah. and that was an eye-opener. But we, we went to yeah. different stations like Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went to Ann Arbor first, and I came to f- come to find out Ann Arbor is the Taj Mahal of Catholic right. Radio. Oh, station. my goodness. It's <laughs> amazing. You know, their facilities yes, and everything. Yeah. It doesn't hurt having that uh, then, financial then, support. Then, and, then we went to uh, Living Bread out in Canon, mm-hmm. Canton. Uh, we went to... Uh, the. St. Gabriel down in Columbus, mm-hmm. and we went to uh, Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart down in Cincinnati. All of them were completely different. Completely different. Completely different. But that taught me that we just have to find our own way right. and just do what we do know you. we have to do. We understood what we needed to do and right. what we had to do. Not that we knew how to do it, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we were confident that God was going to show us the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got yeah. into Catholic. You radio. know, with that decision. Uh, and I don't want to minimize that there was a lot that w- at stake, you know. Right. But that it was just like it was meant to be. That trust was there. We knew it was going to happen. We didn't know when or how, but it, but it was just going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, so many steps before that. When I when I look back in my life, it wasn't until my late twenties that I really. You know, they, they, people say that when you're growing up, when you're young, you have the faith of your parents. Then when you mature in faith, then all of a sudden you have a, your own faith, mm-hmm. okay? That happened to me in my late 20s, mm-hmm. okay? Happened in my late 20s. We, I got through the high school and I got We had all kind of this conversion experience right around the same time, but in different ways. Yeah. We were married for 10 years when I became Catholic. Oh. And he was having this internal conversation with the Lord. So can I interrupt you real yes. quick? So what brought you to that point finally? You just felt that freedom? And I had I, I heard a homily at our pair. We had been attending um, together 
masses together because mm-hmm. I wanted the kids to have what I didn't have right. growing up. I wanted the stability and the love to come through. Our oldest son was going through sacramental prep, and um, I realized that I was really missing out on mm-hmm. a lot. I knew, I knew that in my head, but it started to travel down to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably one of our pastor's standard, hey, I'm going to preach this homily today type thing. And it just struck me. Wow. Well, RCIA was new. RCIA I mean. was new, yeah. Because when prior to our marriage, we had we had a um, a marriage that was sanctioned by the Catholic Church, but it was we were married in my Lutheran um, mm-hmm. Lutheran Church. Yeah, and the priest that was there is no longer a priest, but mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It, that was prior to RCIA, and mm-hmm. so um, to make it valid, I had to go to three sessions of counseling with a priest. Mm-hmm. And so I did, and we were brought into a room on three separate nights with maybe 15 other people that were they were questioning or inquiring. Mm-hmm. They were inquiry classes. And it, basically the father would say, well, what do you need to know? What would you like to know? Well, we didn't know what we didn't know. Right. What do you, you know? even and ask, so, right? Yeah. It was really kind of loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I was ready, by the time God put brought me to that, um, RCIA was in full swing. And um, our current pastor was also my instructor at that parish, Father Frank Spear, mm-hmm. and um, learned a lot. <laughs> Came into the church in 1984. Now, we had had 10 years of, of upheaval from 1977 to 1987. All of our parents died mm. a few years apart. Wow. And yeah. that, that was very difficult. You just thought life was getting back to normal. And, then and something, something else, else would happen. Wow. And so it, we we're here. We're raising the little ones and we're going through illnesses and sudden deaths and all, all these things. Wow. And so... Um, Coming into the church then really was very helpful for me. Yes. And like I said, mm-hmm. prior to that, he was having conversations with the Lord mm-hmm. and spending time in front of the tabernacle because he was looking for some answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God brought us together that way, but even though we didn't see it at the time, mm-hmm. you know. And you look back on those days and you think, oh, well, that's why this was going in. Yeah. 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 It was just such a blessing. Um, so anyway, our, our marriage was sanctioned um, by the church because I did what we had. they had asked us to do. And, yeah, we and had permission from the bishop. Permission from the bishop to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of lost my train of thought there, but but God brings you to all these things. Well, you're grabbing it. By the way, folks, you're tuning into Ignite Radio Live. So blessed to have you with us and to have our guests, Deacon Mike and Chris Learned, founders of this Annunciation Radio, sharing with us their own personal journey. And you can hear in this a little bit of God's anointing in both of their paths together, but certainly Deacon Mike uh, being guided into his gift skill set with radios and transistors and technical <laughs> things and all of that, and uh, guiding him along the path into Catholic radio at the right time in the right place. So even as you're listening, folks, you know, wherever our lives are at, and we may see it as a mess, diaspora pieces, but they're all going to come together. And uh, maybe not our timeline, but I think one thing I just want to punctuate as I'm hearing them now and their story is God made you for a reason and the gifts that he's given you have a purpose and uh, in your marriage that uh, 
you know, uh, these the wonderful young lovebirds here in the studio have been married 45 <laughs> years, so that's a powerful testimony. <laughs> Back to you, Deacon Mike. Um, things were stirring in your heart in a new way uh, w- that was moving you to pray in a new way. Was there a catalyst for that? Was there a retreat? Or what What were that you can recall were circumstances of, so to speak, a deeper awakening? Well, when I'm talking about the late 20s, I remember going to Mass and, you know, having such a strong uh, upbringing in the mm-hmm. faith. I saw things kind of just degenerating around me. You know, people weren't mm-hmm. genuflecting anymore. People weren't, you know, right. men were wearing their hats in church, you know. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of things that bothered me. And so I, I talked to the pastor, and he said, he says, well, find out. So I went to I went to find out what it was, what the germ said, what the general instruction, the of, Thank you. general instruction of the Roman Missal. Um, I went to the catechism, well, what was available at the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And I found out that what I believed was actually what was supposed to be happening, mm-hmm. most of it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that, that uh, a roaring fire started mm-hmm. in my heart. You know, I was right all along, and there's no way you're going to leave it. Right. But I had, I had, I had a, I had a uh, crisis at one point. Chris and I were at, uh, we used to have, um, at Our Lady Perpetual Help, we had devotions uh, in the March month of March, we had uh, St. Joseph's. Well, we'd go in and we'd pray a rosary, then we'd have benediction, one of the deacons would do it. And uh, we came out, and uh, I don't know if you've been at Our Lady of Perpetual Help, but there's um, there's one main aisle, and there's one of the side aisles comes out in, into the aisle of the church, into the aisle of, aisle of the school. You can you look in, you can see even the tabernacle from there. Mm-hmm. And we came out, and I said, honey, wait here a second, I, I have to... I have to do it. And so I went up to the tabernacle and I said, Lord, am I to leave the church? Hmm. Mm. Am I to leave? It, or is, is the church leaving me? Mm. You know, um, what am I to do? That's powerful. And I actually heard something in my own heart. He says, if they ever tell you I'm not here, you can leave. Mm. Mm. And wow. <laughs> I got to tell you, I walked out of there and I says, I got to know more about my faith. Mm-hmm. I got to learn about my faith. I got to grow in faith. Beautiful. That's how it started. That's how it started. And that, that we were young and the kids were very small. Mm-hmm. And uh, what folks don't understand in what you just shared was a time when you didn't have the internet. You didn't really have the proliferation of your Scott Hans apologetics. Right. They weren't as accessible or as present. You didn't have the many programs that we have, Crescio, Chirp, whatever, Ignite, that, that were at least we knew about them, uh, these wonderful things that were happening. So what a great testimony of an anointing on you in that appetite for truth and goodness that God, shall we say, spoke to you or awakened within you these faculties of a desire for truth and that intimacy with God. Folks today don't know that. I just want to say the kind of gift that you got in God's answer in the tabernacle, perhaps part of the issue of many today is there's so much of it that it's casting pearls before swine. They're surra- we're surrounded by the wealth of answer, mm-hmm. but people are, it's a blur for them because mm-hmm. there's so much good. Right. There's so much answer, but you had the poverty to come before him and to seek him directly. Yeah, and you know, I I have to say that I remember when we were, I was going around to different deaneries mm-hmm. talking about when we're trying to get the Catholic radio station on the air, just trying to get some support and everything. And one of the deaneries, uh, they were all very critical of me, mm. very critical of me. And um, I didn't know why, you know. Uh, I remember um, 
one of the pastors there, he was dean, and he was a friend of mine. He mm. says, just be, just be prepared. We want you to come, but be prepared. So <laughs> they asked me to get up and talk. So I said, oh, I'll, I'll, no, to, to give my presentation, I said, I'll stand up. Easier target that way. <laughs> uh, That's the spirit. <laughs> so I, I just saw how much resistance mm. there was mm. to even having a Catholic radio station mm-hmm. in the area. You know, but that just, if I can use the word, that steeled me, if you right, will. Right, right. That, that confirmed that I was going in the right direction. Right. Not that not that I thought anything bad about these sure. fe- these folks, but they just didn't know what, they, what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. They couldn't understand what I was trying to say. And I would tell them, I said, you know, the church has been so good in telling us what to do for such a long time. We've been abysmal at telling us why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, that's well, what Catholic Radio yes. is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We want to tell people why we believe what we believe. You know, that's what that was the genesis of our of our uh, show, Faith with Reasons. Mm-hmm. You got to have if you have faith, you got to have reason to, mm-hmm. to believe. You mm-hmm. know, you got to have you got to know what's behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what what was boiling in my heart. And I knew the Blessed Mother was praying for us. I knew she was praying for us. <laughs> She's it. such a good mother. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I felt so close to her all through this that uh, when we were, we were debating what to call the station, uh, our corporate name is Our Lady of Guadalupe Radio. But I said, we can't use that, you know. Even, even uh, Father Nick Weibel was helping us through that. He says, you shouldn't use that because people all think you're a Spanish, Hispanic mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. So I, I brought it to the board, and Chris was there. Chris was never on the board, nope. never. But she was there as an advisor or something. Yes, I, and I said something. Wise. <laughs> you know, I, I said the we got to come something. up with a different name. <laughs> we got to come up with a different, you know, something else that would work. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the board was always like this: somebody would come out with something, and somebody would say, "Oh no, 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 no." <laughs> uh, we had uh, board, we had right? board meetings about. An average about once every ten days. You know. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was it was really intense when we started and, out. And <laughs> I I I got a uh, business uh, yeah business plan through the Catholic Radio Association of a of a group in Denver, Colorado wow. that they had a business plan, and they were called Annunciation Radio on their business plan. They never got off the air. They never got never on the got air. Never got on the air. Never mm-hmm. got on the air. And and I thought, well. Should I say something? Because if I say something, my birthday is on the Feast of the Annunciation. So I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> what so a I humble said, <laughs> I Finally, I said, well, what about Annunciation Radio? And the place just, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. And I thought, That's great. God, I can't tell them it's my birthday. <laughs> White smoke came up. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, that's how we got the, the name Annunciation Radio. That's beautiful. And I was so happy to have it because uh, I felt I feel so close to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. And there are many times I go to Rosary Cathedral. I, as, as I tell people all the time, I go to Mass down there, you know, four days a week. I go five days. Well, now I can go five days. No, I can't. I no, got still got to do the show. That's right. Or May I did. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd go in there and I'd pray the Blessed Mother. I said, Blessed Mother, you're the Queen of Heaven. Get off your chair and walk over to your son and whisper in his ear. Mm. Tell him that we love him. Oh, you know, because that's what, yeah. I think that's what her role is. Yeah. You know, yeah. she takes our needs to him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that, that's that's how you know, I've, I've come a long way from when I decided that faith and religion had to go together somehow <laughs> uh, to more of a and personal relationship grateful. with mm-hmm. with God and with Our Lady and with all the saints, mm-hmm. really. 
Um, and Chris sometimes looks at me like I'm going crazy. Um, Sometimes? Oh, <laughs> it's a wifely uh, prerogative yeah, and responsibility. Right. So sure. with little time left, this is probably chapter one of many others. We're so blessed to have you with us tonight. But you also have been given in the vantage of Annunciation Radio a view of this diocese, of its growth, of its transition, of people, wide range of things that have happened. You know, we're in a time in this church, and it's it's really not much different. We're face, we face turmoil. We face uh, delights and joys. What wisdom might you both impart in the remaining time that we have here to folks who are listening right now in this time, in this place? What is God saying to us, to those who are listening? Well, if we are listening, we have to, we have to try to hear God, be open to him. First of all, that's the first step. And if you finally, if you've, you find that God is calling you to something and he'll tell you, Mm -hmm. but you have to be fervent in your prayer. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to find it. But once you find it, don't look up, don't look down, don't look back, don't look side to side. You put your eye on the goal Mm -hmm. and the prize is heaven. Mm -hmm. And you, you do what he asks you to do and trust in him that he'll take you there. The trust, that's the big important thing. No matter what happened in this place that needed to be fixed, Somehow I managed to get it fixed, most of the time myself. And it's because I asked him to help me, and I trusted in him. Folks, so blessed to have you with us again, Ignite Radio Live, over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you fashioned us in your very image and nature for your indwelling spirit. Make us aware all the more of your love, your particular love to receive you in abundance and overflowing to all those around us. We ask this for the glory of your name through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.